I got their thing up too, so I've got both my things up. (laughs) So we're set. Yay. Hello, and welcome to Spooky Sips, where we put our love of horror movies into a podcast and sip some spirits along the way. I'm one of your hosts, Yvette, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Laura and Brianna. Hello. Hey. All right, so we have something exciting for you tonight that we're going to start off with. We on Spooky Sips also listen to a lot of other podcasts, and we have quite a few favorites. One of our favorites is They Don't Stay Dead. It's this duo from Australia that just sit around and talk about horror movies very much like us. And, you know, sometimes they've got like haunted tales that they weave in and all of that. So instead of us telling you why... They're so great. We're going to let them tell you why they're so great. So here you go. Hey, Paranormies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Alexa. And we're the hosts of They Don't Stay Dead. We're a paranormal podcast from Australia, and we've made it our mission to share with you all the real-life ghost stories and haunted locations from our home, as well as encounters with supernatural beings and reports of unknown mysteries. From haunted asylums and ghost ships to big cat cryptids and alien encounters, there's something for everyone. We release new episodes every Thursday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out our Instagram at They Don't Stay Dead for weekly updates. We get a little bit spooky and a lot silly. So join us for some laughs and a tale of the unknown. Stay spooky, paranormies. All right, so back to Spooky Sips. We just finished watching The Skeleton Key. Oh, I love this movie. It's in 2005, and it's got our favorite girl, Kate Hudson, in it. Mm -hmm. Basically, it takes place in New Orleans, which just has, like, I think that amazing Southern spooky vibe to it. Yes, yes. So she's a hospice worker and she gets an, you know, sees an ad in the newspaper for this couple that live kind of out in like the, the swamps. Um and so she goes out there and gets the job. So she's living with this couple and the husband, they said had a stroke. But all of a sudden, like, these spooky things start happening. And she thinks maybe something else is going on with the guy from it. And the the wife is acting a, a bit strange to her. And so she does some investigation and sees what's really going on. Mm-hmm. That's that's the movie. And then it all goes spooky from there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. It all goes spooky from there. Mm-hmm. Sure does. Sure does. So, I was in high school when this movie came out, and I just remember how much I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. It was, I think I even saw it in theaters. Um, oh, nice. Had you guys seen it before? I think I had- you guys made me watch it my first time. Oh, I think okay. So. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I had, I'd never heard of it. And then you guys were talking about it and you were like, how have you never watched this? So I think I watched it with you probably a couple of years ago for the first time. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see myself doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we made you watch it. I, I, so clearly I have seen it before. I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I think I saw it not, not too long after it first came out. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's kind of one of those classic movies. So mm-hmm. good. So good. Yeah. It's one, it's, it's one that it just, it's very unique. I think. Yes. And it has a very distinct vibe to it. Yes. Yeah. No, just like the atmosphere in this movie 
is mm-hmm. so good. And so they did film it in Louisiana in an actual plantation, like on a mansion on a plantation. And the director felt really strongly about that. Like he was originally, I think the plan was to have it be on a set in California, kind of like you oh. normally do for regular movies. Right. But he was super adamant. So they ended up taking a little bit of a break because Kate Hudson was pregnant and that didn't really tie into the movie. It. They figured mm-hmm. there was no way to kind of put it into the role. So mm-hmm. they took like a months and months long break. Cause they were like, we'll wait for you. Thank God. She was great. Um, and during that, the director basically made his case about why they need to film in Louisiana because they, like, that's the only way to properly capture the energy. Yeah. Good call. And it was so worth it. And apparently the, so they found the house, the house is perfect, right? For this movie. And the owners weren't going to let them go inside. The original mm-hmm. agreement was, yeah, you can use the outside, mm-hmm. you know, to film the outside, outside scenes, have it just, you know, this is what right. the house looks like from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were able to push a little more. And then they finally let them use the inside of the house too. Cool. So and that they is- like lived there, like the the whole like crew kind of just stayed there for a while. Oh, wow, that's, well, that's awesome. Kind of a, that's kind of a one eighty. <laughs> you can't come in our house to no, please live here, yeah. right? And come so, like, on in. I think there was some like family feuding because I don't think anyone actually lived there. I think it was kind of like an internal family feud where one part of the family had agreed, but the other part said no, and then as kind of like an olive branch the families at the family ended up deciding to let them film. Oh, okay. Oh. So wow. they got, they got into like a little family feud. In order yeah. to use it. But oh, it's so perfect. And I, I think that's part of why it looks so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, and I think too, right off the bat from, from the opening scene, they're kind of, um, or when she's first driving, I guess, to the mm-hmm. house, um, just the, the trees and the not shrubbery. It's, it's not really even like a, like a swamp, but just the vegetation, I guess, yeah. I guess. Um, it so reminded me of the time when Brianna and I went to our grandma's funeral in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, it like looked identical to the road that, do you remember that, Brianna? We drove oh, yeah. on this road to get to, she, she um, her service was in this very small town outside mm-hmm. of New Orleans in Louisiana. I don't even remember the name of it. I don't either. Um, but to get there, you had to drive like down this kind of, creepy road with all this like Louisiana vegetation and like a lot of like the Spanish moss that like hangs from the trees you know Mm -hmm. yeah and it just it looked like this movie like I instantly had this like flashback to us in Louisiana and they did a good job yeah yeah no totally because for me I think I love New Orleans so much that's Mm -hmm. probably why I like this movie so much but like I just I don't know I just love the vibes of New Orleans and like yeah yeah this made me want to visit more I've never been but yeah (laughs) you have to go it's I know it's 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 on the top of like U.S. cities I haven't visited but I need to Mm -hmm. this movie definitely made me want to go more just for the I mean for the food and the culture and the jazz and oh my gosh yeah well yeah For me, the first time that I got to go to New Orleans was actually really close after this movie like came out. Um, yeah, because I went after Katrina. Um, oh, with okay. My mm-hmm. high school, we did yeah. like a week long relief trip there, where we like mm-hmm. went and emptied and helped with like 
tearing down a house like yeah. the insides like gutting a house essentially um so that was the first time i got to go to new orleans and even then like mm-hmm. it was a very different feel oh, to yeah. the city yeah. um just you know being right after a hurricane and and what have you yeah. but even then i i loved new orleans and then i got to co- go back you know years later and do like mm-hmm. a a more what you imagine like bourbon street kind of all that all that jazz yeah. so yeah no but I I, I had to look it up because when I saw the movie came out in 2005 and was in Louisiana I was like wait you know when did it come out relative to Katrina to Katrina mm-hmm. and it was like two weeks I think the movie was released mm-hmm. and Katrina first hit Louisiana like two weeks after yeah and the house that they used was damaged during oh. Katrina and stuff. So like this, they did end up repairing it eventually, but you know, the movie definitely is like a, a pre Katrina new Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. know? So it, it is kind of like this, you know, obviously the, this is a, a made up movie, but like you right. still just get to see new Orleans pre Katrina, mm-hmm. which is yeah. just kind of an interesting look into it. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, there's, Pre-Katrina, post-Katrina, no matter how much time has gone by, it's still impacted. Mm -hmm. The community there is still impacted. So, um, yeah. 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 Well, should we get All right. Well, I say we get into the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get Um, it started. Yeah. Should we start kind of right at the beginning? I think we skipped the beginning. So, no um, intro credits. It's just directly into the movie. Mm -hmm. Right. And we meet Kate Hudson, mm-hmm. who's working in hospice. Yep. Care, yes. Right. And like she's in a assisted living place. Like, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like in an mm-hmm. actual like facility. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's she's reading Treasure Island mm-hmm. to someone who I think we quickly realize has passed. Right. Yeah, like she, she died while she, she was died while it. she was reading it. Mm-hmm. Um and she just doesn't like the way that the place she's working treats it all, right? It's very cold, mm-hmm. very Clinical. like, yeah. There's okay, you know, we'll we'll work on it. Get they box up all this stuff, and when no one picks it up, they're like, just throw it away. Like yeah. very cold. She's ready to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I I really liked the intro. Like I feel like that was a good way to start it, right? Like it was like I I I get this character. I get why she'd want to go do something else. Mm-hmm. This is a rough start. Like, I think she's supposed to be like 25. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes, girl, quarter life crisis. Go mm-hmm. find another mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. You know? right, like, so- she even has a line where she says something like her one, her roommate is like, why are you, you know, why are you doing this? And she's like, why not? Like I'm 25. Like, yeah. It's the yeah, maybe it's, time. Maybe it's time for a change. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just gives you a real sense for the empathy that she has and just mm-hmm. nature. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really good, like quick way to get great insight into who Caroline is the name of her character. Yes. Her I'll stop calling her Kate Hudson. I know. Right? No, or we could just call her Kate Hudson. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Sometimes it gets confusing with all the names. I, know. <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to watch the movie and then listen to us. But if you don't, I mean, I have a few a few friends who hate scary movies. So they just listen without actually watching the movie. Yeah. Which I love. Like they they get to watch a scary movie without being scared because they yeah. don't actually watch it. They just listen. No, it's exactly. great. Exactly. <laughs> I will I will say though, 
And I know we're talking about Skeleton Key, but I'm going to do a, a flashback to our last episode mm-hmm. of um, Beetlejuice. I convinced multiple people who had never seen Beetlejuice to watch Beetles, Beetlejuice and they loved it. Oh, nice. yes. Yes. So. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Sorry. We can go back to Skeleton. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So she's, you know, she wants something more caring and she mm-hmm. is reading the newspaper and she sees an ad for like a live-in hospice worker. Yeah. For just one couple, like, yeah, mm-hmm. not a facility, but a home. Um, and so she goes and so she, she at, as she's driving there, um, at one point she has to get gas. Yes. And yes. so she has to go to this gas mm-hmm. station and it's a, it's a very noticeable that there's this line of reddish orange dust across mm-hmm. the door. Um, and it's, um, like she, she has to cross that line to get into the gas station. And I don't think we learn yet what that means. No. But mm-hmm. later on we learn that that is part of this, um, it's not voodoo. It's called hoodoo hoodoo. Mm-hmm. magic. and um. In the hoodoo, people who practice hoodoo, they put red brick dust around. And um, if anyone wishes you ill intent, they cannot cross that line. Mm-hmm. So um, she's able to cross the line and get into the gas station. Yes. Um, but that's kind of our first encounter with people who practice hoodoo. Mm-hmm. And it is a, um, you know... It's, it's it's a scary looking gas station it's, that she goes into it's got yeah. spooky vibes it's kind of our it's, first jump scare yeah um As I mean, the kids, bones yes yeah, there's a lot of bones. Bones. yeah yeah, yeah like kids, almost like wind chimes of bones so you uh-huh. can like hear them clanging up on each other yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was I was gonna say as the kids would say it's a bit sus it's a bit, a bit sus, sus in there <laughs> It is a bit sus, Laura. Sus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. So moving on from the, the gas station, which I think we come back to. We do. Yes, we do. Some, she goes back. Wait. Yeah, so for now we'll move on and she has her job interview. Which and is where we're pulling up to the house. Mm-hmm. You can see out by the gates there is another big line of red dust. Oh, like oh I totally missed that. Gate. Oh, yeah. Did not catch that either. Uh, yeah, when she's driving through their their gate, that also has a big line of red dust. Oh my gosh, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally missed that. Okay, good eye. So I think she first meets the lawyer. Yes, she first yes. meets Ben. Ben is his He is writer. the estate attorney. Mm-hmm. Or the estate yes. lawyer. Yep. Oh, wait, and no. he's got that ben like... Is... No. Oh, no, Ben is the husband. Ben is the husband. Oh Luke. my gosh, I'm so sorry. What's You're his good. name? I think Luke, Luke is Luke. a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. that's and the most generic, just... I know. Guy names. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Okay, yeah. you meet Luke. Yes. And he's got that, like, classic southern accent mm-hmm. that I love. Like, yeah. Louisiana accent. I love that. Yeah. And so... <laughs> <laughs> I think he just kind of gives her like the rundown, right? Yeah. yeah. Just kind of like, all right, this is the job, you know, let me introduce you. Mm-hmm. And then we get to meet the couple. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is Violet and Ben. Yes. Violet and Ben. Yeah. So and they're I- out in the garden <sighs> and Ben is in his wheelchair um, because he is completely like, not catatonic, but what do you call it's it? It's paralyzed, It right? is kind of, I mean, it's like he's catatonic. Yeah, bit, like he's just... 
there. He's yeah. paralyzed, but it, it seems like there's there's this cognition happening. You yeah. can see mm-hmm. kind of him thinking and recognizing. But he can't speak and he can't walk. He can't move. Yeah. And she's giving him a haircut. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how we meet them. Yeah. And she's just very cranky and judgy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> she she makes comments. I think it's one of the first things she says to Caroline is, oh, I bet you have markings all over you. Like kind of mentioning, kind mm-hmm. of referring to like, I bet you're one of those girls that has tattoos. And she's yeah. very judgy of that. We learn later why. Yeah. She herself does not want tattoos. Right. But um. She's just very um, kind of cold and critical. I will say, I feel like this is a good time to talk about the acting because all of the acting in this movie is really well done. Yes. Agreed. Like mm-hmm. Violet, I mean, I do kind of hate her, but that means she's doing her job, right? She does. She, she nails the part, she's I think. so good at it. Mm-hmm. She does a great job. And then the actor that plays Ben as well, like he has basically no speaking lines, but his face oh yeah and the way he's able to just emote yes is so good I like you can see the pain and the struggle and you you know we learn that something is off right you know maybe ben isn't as sick as he you know actually is there's something happening reason but you he acted that so well Mm -hmm. yeah and for me the first time i watched it too i was thinking maybe it's not even that he's not as sick as he is being presented, but maybe why he got sick. Mm-hmm. Like, was it a ghost or a, a traumatic event or something? There's something more than he just had a stroke that caused yeah. him to be that mm-hmm. way. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the acting is amazing. It's very yeah. good. So Caroline gets the job. She's she's she convinced. Yep. And she goes, she packs her bags and it decides to take the job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as she's getting to know the couple, at one point, um, the Violet, she says, she's like talking to Caroline, but she's trying to then excuse herself. Mm-hmm. And the way she excuses herself is she says, time for my remedies. Yes. And I just thought, that is a line I'm going to not need to start <laughs> using when I need to pour myself a glass of wine. It's time for my remedies. It's time for my remedies. Or when I take my meds, I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> Because I like that yeah. so much more than saying, I have to take my meds. No. Yeah. Time, time for my remedies. Time for yeah. my remedies. Yeah. I love so that. I, really, I call it. I just love the way people in South talk. It just makes No, me I love it. I love it so yeah. much. Violet has some good lines mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Like, I think my favorite is she needs Caroline to do something for her. So mm-hmm. instead of saying, I have to ask you a favor, she says, do me a blessing. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, I love that. Give me a blessing. Give me a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we had more sayings. I know, know, right? (laughs) What do people say in Utah? Bless her heart. (laughs) Yeah. We say uh, milk and pillow and crick. (laughs) And they spell names in very interesting ways. I say milk like so, so much and I hate myself. Yeah. Just call it. Uh, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I think that's the only word for it. Because <laughs> they're like cow juice, but that just sounds. Gross. Uh, that's worse. <laughs> that is worse. <laughs> Please don't ever call it that. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. So at first, it seems like things are okay. 
right? Yeah. We kind of get the yeah. the intro montage of, you know, here's every day where, you know, it's starting to look good. They're doing their routine. It's and important to could- note that like while she's walking around the house when she first moves in, it's like she notices there's no mirrors. There's like empty spots on the wall where they should be. You can clearly mm-hmm. see and they're just not even in the bathroom. There's no mirrors. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of unusual. And also I think they mentioned that they only use like half the doors in the house, but there's a skeleton key that is required to, yes. or what there's one skeleton key that opens all of the doors in the mm-hmm. house. Yes. And the name of the movie. And the name of what we're sipping on and tonight. This, yes, this is a perfect time to talk about what we are sipping on tonight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, we tonight are going back to our roots of wine and uh, sipping on Skeleton Key, Skeleton Key Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. Now, I realized we it was hard for us all to find a bottle of this wine. I'm the only one with one right now. Yes. But I realized that's because, Brianna, you got this for me as a Christmas gift a couple of years ago, and I've been saving it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you got it because we like the movie Skeleton Key, so it's a exactly. 2019. Um, do you want me to read the back? Yeah, yeah. tell us. Okay. So, um, okay. A skeleton key found on the vineyard estate awakens the spirit of two Texas wine growers this soulful wine is to celebrate the coming together of two friends and how their passion for life was unlocked when that key was turned. Real Texas wine. Love it. That's a cute love story. That. that is. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, so we've got the skeleton key wine, delicious Cabernet. So if you can't find it... Yeah, if you can't find it, try to find another Cabernet. And if you like it, tell us what you had, like yes. on Instagram, and how you, how you liked it, and we'll compare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite red wine? If oh. You all had to pick. Oh, I enjoy a full bodied. So I'm a fan of like a Cab Sauv. Yeah, like, I want something that has like a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. You know what's so funny? I used to say Pinot Noir. That was my go-to red wine. Oh, mm-hmm. But honestly, I think I've been more on a cab kick. Mm-hmm. Like, I think lately I've liked Cabernets more. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I will say, I you know, I'm going to get excommunicated from Oregon, but Pinot Noir is my least favorite of but the have red you wines. Had, but have you had a Willamette Valley yes. good Pinot Noir? I have. Good. Yes. And, I, and they are very good. My problem is... I like cheap wine and um, cheap Pinot Noir tastes cheap. like yes. water. Yes. It tastes like a watered down good wine. A good Willamette Valley, Oregon Pinot Noir. I've had it. It is very good, but mm-hmm. it comes at a higher price point. Yeah, that's a good point. Which okay. is my one complaint. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what about you, Laura? What's your... <laughs> I mean, I think I first fell in love with willamette like oregon pinot noirs that's Mm -hmm. when i first fell in love with red wine but then since then i have expanded it's rare for me to meet a red wine i don't like oh yeah um i mean blends are good cabs i always like really dry bold red wines so good merlot sometimes merlots can be amazing Mm -hmm. um so if i had to pick only one type i would do a caps off as well Yeah. yeah Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. A good blend, though. 
I, I, I get blends a lot. Oh, I, I do. I do a lot of just blends. Mm-hmm. So, um, Brianna and I watched this a couple nights ago after I had been drinking. Yeah, and I don't understand my notes. <laughs> They're just like, <laughs> like random words. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> what are some of the random words? Um, okay. So here's here's my notes in order. Okay. All mirrors down. He grabs her. Time for my remedies. Written on. Martin and Grace. Martin and Grace? Yeah, Martin and Grace. What's that? Attic plus basements equal bad. (laughs) Equal bad. (laughs) That's amazing. Shut ever since moved in. Room. How? (laughs) Just how? (laughs) I love these notes. I don't know. Oh, shoot. Uh, anyway. Uh, so I think we can get into when the real spookiness mm-hmm. begins. Yeah, because we can't really go death by death because this movie isn't about deaths. Right? No, they're, it's, it's more not. just about spooky events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. So I'm trying to think. I I feel like one of the first spooky things that happens is she sees the door in the attic, right? Yes. She goes to fetch some seeds. That were kept in the attic. Mm-hmm. And that's Caroline. Caroline goes to the attic and there's a door behind a shelf or yes. something. But it starts shaking. Mm-hmm. Which just 10 out of 10. It's like, this is just like spookiness 101, right? You have mm-hmm. a skeleton key. Now you have a secret door that you've never heard of. This is great. You got to so go the, in. Yeah, right? The door is like shaking. So she goes to check it out. And I love how she just kind of like, slowly realizes she has the skeleton key and tries it it's like and it's like i feel like they like slow it down of her Mm -hmm. putting the key in and trying to turn it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah just classic spookiness classic no it's so good now does the door open because i'm spacing no so it doesn't open right now um okay Okay. her key Mm -hmm. doesn't work so then um what it did. The, the wife, I think it opens later. I think, yeah, that's mm-hmm. because that she asks Violet, wait, yeah. I thought the skeleton key opened every door. Oh. And Violet's like, oh, that old door. We don't, there's nothing in there. We have, it's never opened for me. We just don't worry about it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I think I even told Laura when we were watching it, like, I could not live in a house. No. For that long and not know what was behind a door. Well, oh my gosh. I have a story about There's a door. no way. Like <laughs> yeah. I could never. So someone I know. They live in a house, right? And it's like a group of them. And then there's an exterior entrance to the basement. Like, but it's like a like underground basement, right? So the door opens. It's kind of like a hatch kind of thing. And then there's stairs leading to the basement and they they haven't opened the door before and kind of didn't really think much of it but then one day a DoorDash order showed up to the basement <gasps> unit and they left it by that door <gasps> and they what? were like whoa wait what is that's weird <laughs> what's going on and so they called the owner cuz they're they're renting it and the owner is like, oh, there's like, there's nothing there. Don't worry about it. But they also refuse to open the door because <gasps> they're like, 
well, can you show us what's down there? Like, we kind of want to know what's going on. So they just refuse. Someone's living in there. Right? Someone's totally living in there. Someone's absolutely living there. Oh my gosh, that's so creepy. Yeah. I I know. I was like, look, I don't live here. If I break in. Yeah, there you go. I feel like you're not liable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what what happened with whatever got door dashed? I think they ended up taking it and just tossing it or something. <laughs> yeah, I just I was like, wait, I've experienced a door. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's the same thing in there that it was in Skeleton Key. Yeah. No, someone made the joke. They're like, have you seen Barbarian? Oh right. Oh my god. <laughs> no, right. Well, even like um Beetlejuice, the fact that they had the attic that they just yes. never went into, like. Absolutely not. Like, I can't just, live my like curiosity that. would never allow me. I, no, I no. will take the door off the hinges if I need to. I will I'll chop break it break a hammer. Yeah, I was I gonna will. say I'll just break yeah. into it. Like yes, yes, yes. yeah. Oh okay, we're God. all in agreement. If we ever have a secret door, we're just we're just gonna break it. Mm-hmm. Just gotta go for it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wild. So uh, then, uh, at some point. Is this when when Ben tries to get away? Yeah, it's pretty so. early. Yeah, because it's, it's, so it's like a really stormy night. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's in bed, and she just hears this like clanging. Mm-hmm. Right? Is not this? Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. think it's like a metal roof, so yeah. it's kind of like extra noisy. Mm-hmm. So she she goes upstairs to see like what's going on, and she realizes that Ben's door is locked. Mm-hmm. And then, so she goes inside, doesn't see mm-hmm. him, keeps looking. And then as she's going and checking the other room, she was, she realizes, wait, his door was locked, which means it someone else has been in there. It. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Or it was locked from the, inside. from the inside. Or I think at one point she says, wait, why was it locked? Or like, it was locked from the inside. She says something that makes yeah. her go back. And yeah. that's when she sees the puddle of water mm-hmm. by the open window. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then she looks out the window and she sees Ben on the roof. Yeah. Just trying to like grab his and pull his body mm-hmm. to get off. And then he falls off of the roof. Yes. You know, and, so and she's like screaming, like, oh, like just stop. like, oh my like, gosh. Stop so what you're she doing. notices that the the bedding is all messed up on the side of his bed and she goes and looks and she sees something. So she like fluffs it out and holds it out. And it says, help me. Yeah. Right across it and like mm-hmm. dirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then she runs down and mm-hmm. she's yelling for Violet, but she, she has the sheet with her and she hides it in her little vanity, mm-hmm. like her little mm-hmm. closet. Yeah. And then, you know, goes out to get Ben and, Get like his wheelchair. Yeah, and his wheelchair. And Violet is now out and coming down. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at now this point, we know what we had already been kind of, you know, sussing out the rest of the movie, which is that maybe Ben isn't as sick, you know, like as, maybe his, you know, he's more able. Yes. Yes. There's something else happening to keep him sick. Yes. Mm-hmm. And apparently, the actor, just as we're talking about that scene, John Hurt, he wanted to do that stunt himself. But they refused to let him because I guess they they were like, there's kind of a non-zero percent chance of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't perform this yourself. Mm-hmm. So he did have a stunt double for okay. it. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to note, too, that Violet asks 
once they're out there with him. You know, it's it's raining, so they're yelling. But Violet is yelling at Caroline saying, like, did you give him his remedies? Because a big deal is they mix up every night in this powder form. They mix up this medicine and make it into a drink and he drinks it every night before bed. Mm-hmm. So it's important to know. And like Violet is thinking, oh, you must not have given him his yeah. remedies because mm-hmm. he got up. Yeah. yeah. But she's like, oh, he's having a spasm. Yeah. Like she's saying that this is a spasm. Like, yeah. He's having spasms. Right. Like, because I, I yeah. think that's how she originally explains the medicine. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're, we, we know that Caroline has, you know, some sort of health care, health like giving background. Mm-hmm. So when she says the medication, that he's taking Caroline's kind of like wait and she's like oh for his spasms you know that that he has right and it's like yeah i don't think that makes you crawl on the roof but right. no um no spasm is different than um attempts to escape right <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. a little bit more involved <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so then- this is when yeah finally violet's story is starting to kind of dissolve right because yeah. i will say before this she has pretty good responses i did want to mention that right the mirrors creepy immediate right. red flag but she, she like talks about it and says, oh, you know, once you get to our age, you, you know, you don't need to look at yourself anymore. Yeah, you don't if need to you want a mirror, go ahead, like bring it in. Not mm. a problem. Right. And so it's like, okay, that's still weird, but like kind of a reasonable response, right? Like she yeah. has good responses to things. And I think this is where it finally starts to kind of break down. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. Something's off. Yeah. So then Caroline goes again to the attic the room in the attic and something comes out of the lock right yeah so she's like fishing into the door oh with her hairpin Mm -hmm. with her hairpin and what looks like a little piece of metal comes out and i don't know if it was super obvious but it's it's a what do you call it a tooth of the key like it's a little piece of a key is oh. what it is. So um, like a key broke. Yeah, like it looks like a key Opening broke it. in the in the lock. And after getting that, then her skeleton key does fit. Yes, That's right. She's yeah. able to open and unlock the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she sees all this creepy stuff in there. Yeah, so she yeah. gets in there and it's just, I mean, this room is like full to the brim mm-hmm. of, it looks like, I don't know, a sp- spooky antique store in there like there's records and there's things hanging from the walls and there's like jars of things and jars of a baby pig i don't know what it that was but it looked it was yeah spooky like Mm -hmm. yeah and this is where she finds the record yes papa justify yes yes papa justify has this record and it's like these chants yeah, chance. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah, chance. Yes, you mm-hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, she takes it back to her apartment. Oh, yeah. So, you know, she gets out. She she leaves the room quickly because Violet is looking for her. So mm-hmm. she gets out and, and that's all fine. And so she takes the record and goes back to her apartment in New Orleans mm-hmm. and listens to this record. Um, and her friend Jill walks in or her roommate. Yeah. And mm-hmm. is like, what the? Yeah, <laughs> what are you listening to? And it is creepy sounding. It's so creepy sounding. It is because when we say like a chant kind of thing, it's like it is, but also it's it, like you There's don't understand. Music and yeah, well, it's, and it's called Conjure of Sacrifice. Yes, it is mm-hmm. like a a conjuring. It is, 
Yes. It's so creepy sounding. Yeah. Like yeah. it, it is, it's just creepy. You yeah. hear it and you know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where she then learns about hoodoo because her roommate Jill is like, oh, I have an aunt that's into that. Like, yeah, here's what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and she even shows her like where there's a shop hidden in a laundry mat. Yeah. Um, you know, so so she kind of learns like, oh, there's there's something happening here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's was, when we oh, no, I was go just going to say at that that store, the the hoodoo kind of back room of the laundromat. That's mm-hmm. where we learn about the, the fact that the red brick dust protects you mm-hmm. from yes. people with bad intentions. Yes. Mm-hmm. One complaint I have with this movie and I really like it. So, you know. But there are a couple things. Is mm-hmm. I I wanted more from the hoodoo shop in the laundromat. Yeah. Like I, I I wish we could have gotten more of it. I yeah. agree. I feel like there was more that they could have done with it. I think Jill could have also played a bigger role. I agreed. I I think both of those were kind of missed opportunities, especially in the middle of the movie. I feel like things mm-hmm. get a little slow. Mm-hmm. I agree. For me, I did mm-hmm. find myself getting a little like, this is, uh, you know, maybe part of it is that I'd seen it before. And so right. I knew the ending. Right. And so I was like, let's let's get there. Mm-hmm. So that, that could have been it too. But I felt like the middle was a little slow. And I think they could have maybe taken away from some things and given a little bit more time to that. Because 100% the, agree. The Hooters, if, it was so rushed. It, it was kind yeah. of like, hello. And then they're like, like, oh, yes. Little- backstory. And then, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, oh, here's like a bag of things that you can use. And right. it's like, wait, what? Like, I yeah, I don't know. This was my first time watching this movie, like hearing about hoodoo. So I think this would have been a good chance to maybe tell us a little more. I think they could have done more to make it sound spookier. I think they, you know, yeah. I think there's a little I bit agree. of a missed opportunity. Kind of. I completely agree because like, yeah, Jill, or not Jill, Caroline will go back to the shop later, mm-hmm. right? To like ask for help yeah and then that scene just ends and she's back at home with like a shopping bag and i'm like i wish that they would have like walked through Mm -hmm. the shop and she would have like filled her bag and told her what was what and how to do it and what it was so i I think there could have been like more of a conversation there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. yep yeah Mm -hmm. totally so yeah there's like a lot there's like i don't know a lot that happens like at one point at one point caroline does confront violet the old woman Mm -hmm. and she confesses that the people that that i guess there's the people who had stuff in that room they were two slaves servants yeah i mean i i I wouldn't use the word slave but it was okay i think they use the word servant but like let's let's be real it was a plantation in the 1800s it's yeah in Mm -hmm. louisiana so yeah 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 and that they they had um been in the house like 90 years before this date and Mm -hmm. um yeah um that they were hoodoo practitioners and that they i think she does she at one point say that they they killed the plantation owner's children, no. and so well, they, they were. Didn't, then no, with? they didn't kill no. them, but they were they were um, teaching them magic. So, teaching like, them. yeah, during a big party that was happening, mm-hmm. they took right. the children, and they were caught 
up in the attics, like teaching them how to do magic. Yes. And so because of that, everyone at the party was like, oh my gosh, we have to kill them. So they like hung them and yeah. then put them on fire. Yes. And so and those kids are who they bought the house from. Yes. Right. So then the okay. house goes to the kids. Cause then there's a, a story that, uh, um, the, the two servants must've cursed the mom and dad that were living there because he was like a wealthy bank owner. And it yeah. ended up that, like, she went crazy and killed herself. And then his bank went under. And so they're like, Oh, they must've cursed them. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of blame go into the servants. Yeah, yes, definitely. Yes. And ultimately it comes down to, they needed to take down the mirrors because they could see them in the mirrors. Yeah. You can right? see them. they were being haunted and you could see them in the mirrors. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you know, a kind of believable story. Right. And yeah. then we get the scene of Caroline and Ben when she's giving him a bath and she has like her little, like pocket mirror and she's like oh you know violet told me what's going on can you see them in the mirror and again just his acting i know he says no words but when she turns the mirror to face face. him yes face is just excruciating horror yes (laughs) and pain and yeah like it's almost a jump scare right but but like how big yeah it is because he starts like kind of flailing in the bathtub bathtub Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and Mm -hmm. so you know she closes it and i think at this point she's a little more convinced about what's happening you know it's Mm -hmm. like oh you see them too because i I don't know if we mentioned but it's important to note that in the shop the shop owner Mm -hmm. and other people including the lawyer and all of that have told her who do only works if you believe it Mm -hmm. like you're fine you don't believe it so you can't be hurt because i think even the lawyer is the one to be like it only works if you believe yes Mm -hmm. so it's a big deal that she does not believe in it yeah so she's safe Mm -hmm. and we also learn um during just her time as she's discovering this that uh one of the reasons why like why Caroline is staying in this house and why she does her job anyway is because she has guilt over not being there for her dad Mm -hmm. when he was, um, you know, older and um, ill and dying. So she's like, she's going to stay and stick this out. And she really cares for Ben, the old, the old man. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's, so she's not going to give up even though there's some shady things going on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so I'm trying to think what what finally gets her to the breaking point of like we leave tonight because there's something that happens where Caroline's like okay I've had enough Ben tonight's the night we're escaping I I wrote down and again my notes are a little haphazard because it was pitch black and I was drinking <laughs> but um I wrote down that she I I wrote bad dream with servant guilt over her dad want to leave <laughs> so okay, perfect I think she had a bad dream <laughs> and then although she, she did have a bad dream yeah, she had like a, she, that that nightmare yeah yeah so I think I think all of that came together of hey um I you know I love you know this guy kind of like the love for my dad and this dream scared me we're getting out of here I'm gonna save you and okay, I'm I'm kind of remembering. I I don't know if this is exactly what it was, but she also and 
goes and gets the red brick dust yes and puts it across her doorway yes and then calls to violet to say oh hey there's a leak in here can yeah, you come, come and in. take a look and we see you know violet's getting close to the door and then her foot kind of like slips you know is like a like a stop a halt and caroline's no, no no like just just come in you know like I, it, it's easier if you just come in for me to explain it and, and like won't. nope can't come in she so, will not cross the door that's how we we know that she oh. intends to do her harm yeah but here's the problem so that was great for caroline to d- discover for sure violet is intending me harm but also it caused her to fully believe yes so, so exactly. at the end, mm-hmm. to show violet that, that she, she believes. believes yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So at this point. Do you want to know my notes? At this point. <laughs> What's next you guys, in your notes? I'm so sorry. Okay. So then at this point, um, I wrote, How did he cross line in gas station? Disturbing chicken. Spell of protection. Keep her in. Okay, yes. So they go back. Okay, I know chicken. about the chicken. I, I know exactly the chicken you're talking I, yeah, about. Yeah, I actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> that make any sense. No, it actually, if you yeah. see the movie, it's yeah, it all okay. makes Perfectly sense. clear. Okay. All right. You can go, you guys can decipher my notes for me. Yeah, like, they go back to the gas station. This would have been a little bit before. Um, Caroline and Luke, Luke. went to the gas station. And there is kind of this scene where Luke is about to go in and he kind of stops and says oh ladies first to yeah. tell caroline to go in first oh right then he walks in after her yeah that it's part bothered me because i was like he but actually i i did realize why it was okay or at least i think oh do you want to tell i don't um, really get why it was wrong for him like why he couldn't step inside well at first i thought because he's meaning them harm mm-hmm but no, he's not because it. I'm about to like give the spoiler of the movie. He oh. is Papa Justify, mm-hmm. so that's like good on their side. Like Hoodoo oh. is into Papa Justify, like he's like one of their not leaders, but like it's like he's a priest in the Hoodoo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. he's okay to cross the line in every sense, like. Wait, no, but then Luke couldn't cross the red brick later in the movie. Yeah. Because then Cor- uh, Caroline used it as like a defense. And at that well, point, because Luke he was meaning it. her harm. Oh, because oh. he means Caroline harm, but not the but people. Not the people. Right. Okay. Like he can harm, he wants to harm Caroline. Okay. Not a yes. follower of who did. It all tracks. Yes. Oh, so. All right. That's so makes that's sense. why. All right, it's yeah. a little convoluted. Yes. So, it, yeah. like at this point, like just watch the movie and yeah, then just watch just watch the movie, please. Yeah, but yeah. So Violet is like, I'm gonna make us a fancy dinner mm-hmm. for me and Caroline, and that's the night when Caroline's like, Ben, we're gonna get out of here. Mm-hmm. So while, it's the grossest chicken you've ever yeah, seen. So while Violet is preparing gumbo, and hence that terrifying. Yeah black chicken disturbing chicken very gross disturbing Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and while she's making her dinner caroline is like come on ben let's go so she's gathering ben Mm -hmm. um and And she also gets the record and the sheet so she's like got her evidence Mm -hmm. 
And then is this where she starts injecting the sugar cubes? Yes. Well, and we see her like filling the sugar cubes with something. Yes. Like an entire bowl of sugar cubes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Caroline, Caroline injects the sugar cubes, we should mm-hmm. say, because she's yes. trying to incapacitate Violet, Violet. Mm-hmm. as Violet has been doing to Ben. Right. Yes. Yes. So once they sit down to dinner, she the, it's really one of those scenes where like you, it's like they both should know at this point, right? Yeah. I think that dinner scene. Yeah. I think they do kind of both know because Violet is trying to get her to eat the gumbo, which she won't. Mm-hmm. Caroline is not eating. And Caroline is being like, why didn't you put sugar in your tea? Like, yeah. Like it's, mm-hmm. and she won't either. Like, she ends up being able to sneak some into her tea when she, when Violet leaves the room, like some mm-hmm. of the medicine just directly. Um, yeah. yeah. So then. Violet drinks her drink full of the medicine and is like quickly realizes like, oh shit, I've just been drugged. Like yes. mm-hmm. she falls over and kind of not passes out, but is is like, I can't move. Like she's immobilized. Yeah. And while she is on the floor, she starts, she, she has some chalk and she starts drawing something and is holding a piece of paper mm-hmm. and Caroline takes it. Yes, she I takes, think she the, takes the chalk and the piece of paper mm-hmm. and then tries to go. Well, no, she she does get Ben. They get in the car. They're driving off. But just kidding. It's a dark, stormy night. And also the gate is locked. Yes. With a giant mm-hmm. chain, chain lock. Yeah. So she tries uh, to drive her poor little bug. And little that car. Bug. I mean, it's not going to make it, you know? It's not going to cut it. No, it's not. So then she realizes they're not escaping, and she has to hide Ben. So -hmm. she, like, drags him into their boat shed. Yeah, like the um, tool shed. Mm -hmm. And hides him. him. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, she gets more red dust. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think she rows away. Oh, yes. There's a little boat. in the boat. There's a little boat. And she row, row, rows away. And it's like, okay, yeah, things might be looking good. Mm-hmm. And she decides to go get some help from Luke. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she goes to Luke's apartment. Mm-hmm. And while she's there, he gets a call from Violet. Mm-hmm. He goes in the other room. Yeah. And, you know. And then what is it in the apartment that makes... Well, I think she sees one is there's just a bunch of books about law, but like very intro books. Yeah, like you know? it's beginners like law, to law. Law yeah. for dummies. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's playing a record. I and I I think it's kind of similar to oh, it was the same song. Mm-hmm. It was the exact same song that Violet was playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So there's that. a record, and then there might even be photos or something. So she starts to yes. put some pieces together. They're photos um, of her, mm-hmm. like kind of like of her, yes. That you would take if you were like stalking, yes, like tr- <laughs> tracking someone, like yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's realizing now she went to the wrong person for help, right. but it's too late. It's too mm-hmm. late. Oh yeah, and because then he comes up behind her and strangles her yep. until she passes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he brings her back to the house. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think she's like waking up. Mm-hmm. As they're getting back to the house. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then when they're back to the house, Caroline and Violet get in a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get some action. We get yes. some like, at the end here. <laughs> brutal fighting between these ladies. And like 
Caroline pushes Violet down the stairs. Well, she pushes her over the or edge like, of the banister that yeah. then goes onto the stairs. And like yes. the way her legs looked, uh-huh. oh my gosh, it was gnarly. Like, yes. So, and then, and then does she, does she call, like, she calls 911, right? Doesn't no, she? she calls Jill. Oh, no, she, she does call 911. Oh. She does. Oh, also 911. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she is able to get through to 911, and she basically oh, just right. says, there's been an emergency, please come immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she calls Jill. And then she calls Jill, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and she doesn't get she, to say much. Nope. Right. Because I think she's, you know, at this point, just thinking, I can't get out. Like, they've they've all got me. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to just escape, um, she is going to just protect herself in yep. the house. So what she does is she does this circle of red dust, red brick dust around herself. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Turns out, instead of keeping bad spirits out, it keeps her in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she cannot... Oh leave the circle so it's not the circle of red brick dust it's oh. the piece of paper that caroline took from violet it's like the full spell it's of the full circle because okay she was she was tricked because violet was she, you know pretending to draw it out and it says like circle of protection or something oh that's, oh, that's right and okay. so she's like oh i'm gonna use your own magic against you mm-hmm. and then that's when violet tells her oh no that's not going to protect you that's, that's only protecting you, you from leaving Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, this is why it's rough to drink while watching yes, and then right. rely on your notes. We'd all seen it before. It's okay. <laughs> but you know, the attic has got this giant circle of candles mm-hmm. that was set up there. Like she went up yep. and saw that. And so she made her circle within that one. Yeah. But basically by now she knows. So Violet you know, gets up there and she can't walk. She's like pulling her body up because her legs are all broken. Yeah. Um, and she she says like her magic, whatever she needs to say. Well, and there's so, mirrors everywhere. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's part of my next um what I can't decipher notes where I wrote the flesh coil soul week. <laughs> Does anyone say that? Uh-huh. The flesh coil soul week. I wrote that down. <laughs> Interesting. Not ringing a bell. Okay. So, you know, might not know, but maybe it's in the movie. <laughs> well, so anyways, so there's a mirror, <laughs> like a vanity mirror, like it's up on you know mm-hmm. little legs, um, and it just comes at Caroline yes. and mm-hmm. knocks her over. Um and, and the, the whole time she's just screaming, I don't believe. Yeah. I don't believe. I don't believe. But she can't leave she the circle. The mirror, knocks her down and everything just goes dark. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then we see her get up. The next mm-hmm. is like her waking up and on the floor. Right. Yeah. And I and I totally at this point I was like, oh, she won. Yeah. Like, right? Mm-hmm. She, she didn't believe. Her. She mm-hmm. didn't believe, and even though the, like the mirror came crashing down on her, like she won, and mm-hmm. then she starts smoking. Yeah, she walks over to Violet's, Violet's body, mm-hmm. and she pulls out one of Violet's cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I just have to say, I don't smoke anymore, but I did used to back in my heyday. I loved 
those black cigarettes. I was like, that is the coolest effing oh thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> so it was like a 15 year old watching this movie. I thought that was the height so of cool. Coolness. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool indeed. But anyways, so she starts smoking and that's when the lawyer comes up and he says mm-hmm. like, how are you? Or something. Yeah. And she talks in a Southern accent, which mm-hmm. she did not have before. About how, like, oh, they're just not as easy as they used to be. It's harder every time. Yep. And we're like, motherfucker. So we realize Mm -hmm. she is Mama Cecile. Mm -hmm. And then we see the ambulances come and they take away both Ben and Violet. And Violet is now in that stroke-like state where she can't speak. Yep. And, you know, Caroline is saying, like... Yeah, you know, they just, we can't, they need more help than we can give. Mm-hmm. Our friend Jill pulls up and runs inside and hugs her. And and Caroline kind of can't. Does not recognize her. Yeah, like Jill asks her a question. She doesn't say anything. And the lawyer like steps in and is like, mm-hmm. oh, she's just shocked, she's shook right now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But that's when like we realize Oh mm-hmm. shit, they pulled it off and it like yep. the camera just kind of pans out. We get to see well cuz Vi- Violet and and Ben had left Caroline in the will. Oh, oh that's right. Yes. I forgot about that. Yes. So yeah. the lawyer mm-hmm. had helped um them leave the, like Caroline in the will so that she gets the house. Yep. Yes. Um because she took such a good care of them. Such yeah. good care of them. Mm-hmm. And so just as playing this fantastic song, I don't know what it was, but I loved the music at this scene and like panning out so you can see the plantation like mm-hmm. you know in wide view and and that's it. So they good. won. That's it. So, so just to get a rundown of of the transfer of bodies. Yes. So it went from Mama Cecile and Papa Justify transferred themselves into the kids. Into the kids who then Which, grew up. P- oh. Quick pause. It was. I don't know if I even realized it last time, but that means that it was the kids who were killed during that movie. Yes. Or during sorry during that party, which. Yes. Kind of like thinking back on it now, like obviously it's horrible that, that anyone uh, gets right. burned alive and killed at a party, but it's like, oh my God, they were like children, were children. trapped in these adult bodies who could, didn't, who couldn't say. Yeah, the, the people that were hung was the children. It was actually the children. In the bodies yeah. of Justify yeah. and Cecile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And be, being like killed by their own parents. By their parents. Yes, their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry to interrupt the. Your no, yeah. you're good. So so they so Cecile and Justify are in now the bodies of the kids who then grow up in the house who then transfer their souls to now Caroline and Luke. Yep. Yes. The, again, not children, but young. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now they get to take over the remaining years yes. of their life. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Works. I am thinking probably that Cecile or yeah, C- Cecile and uh, Justify were also like someone else had had put had switched their bodies to. I don't know. I, I think, think it might have just. I think they were the original. I thought they were the originals too. I think they were the original. Like so I. Think- the only reason I thought maybe is because that line where they said it keeps getting harder. That makes it seem like it's more than just the first time and then this time. Of, oh, of putting their soul into someone's body. 
Mm-hmm. It made me feel like it, it's been going on for longer than we even know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Here was my biggest question, though. Mm-hmm. Why did they have to keep Ben alive? Okay. Right? What? Why didn't they kill Ben? No, no. Originally, I was thinking maybe it was, you know, oh, well, maybe they have to keep him alive for, you know, the switch to work. Or something, but it's like, well, no, the whole point is that he's gonna die and they get to yeah. continue living, right? Right. So it's like, why keep him around? I, I really don't understand that to me is a giant plot hole. Yeah, no, like 100 percent I maybe, maybe, maybe it was for a couple of reasons. Maybe to not look suspicious that he mm-hmm. died, mm-hmm. but also maybe to lure someone. Oh, into their home that's like, true to lure a, a oh, young yeah. caretaker in because mm-hmm. otherwise if people don't believe and it's hard to get people to believe yeah that's true how would they have gotten anyone to the house that's true okay i could believe that yeah yeah that, that it actually does, makes sense it does seem like extremely high um risk yes to keep him around though like right i mean but i guess then at the end he was almost more convincing right i feel like Mm-hmm. He trying to get help was mm-hmm. almost what convinced Caroline. Mm-hmm. The haunting and hoodoo True. were real. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I buy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I think. Sense. I think it's still a little bit of like a. But okay. But why? I know. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, is this a good time to get into some psych? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am very excited. Let's yeah. talk a little psych. All right. Just remember, folks, she's not a real doctor, but it's okay because these are not real people. Even in the movie, they're they're possessed people. They're like, yeah, yeah. So, spirits of other people in other people's bodies. They're yeah. really not real. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like the heart of this movie really is the fear of aging. Yeah. Well, bit, we're right? we're going to talk a little bit about the psychological process and what goes through when you're aging because it's something that mm-hmm. we all go through um and yeah, some go through it well, some do not. Yeah. So, um jurassicophobia, which sounds kind of like Jurassic Park. I really <laughs> thought you were about does. to say Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's what I thought you were about to say. Jurassicophobia? Jurassicophobia? I don't mm-hmm. I think I'm saying it right. So that that would be sort of an abnormal fear of aging or of of growing old or the elderly. Um so that that is something when it goes to an extreme. Okay. And that's things like where you'll see people will get just ridiculous amounts of plastic surgery, put um. themselves at risk. Mm-hmm. Um that's when this typical kind of fear of growing old becomes really severe. But I don't, which, you know, I would argue to say Justify and Cecile definitely had that because in order to Mm -hmm. to take these extreme measures of putting your soul into another person's body yeah, and then having those people die, I would say that's a pretty extreme reaction and fear of becoming old. Definitely. Because mm-hmm. I think that's why they do this, right? They don't want to become old. And I mean, die. they want to live forever. They right? want to live forever. I think that's the ultimate plan yeah. here: is yeah. keep doing this, live forever. They mm-hmm. want to live forever. So, um, so it 
typically when people fear getting old, when it's not to the, you know, phobia level, Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's four kind of big reasons as to why people are afraid of getting old. The first is you're, you're afraid of age-related diseases. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as people get older and there's lots of, I have theories as to, you know, what causes more diseases as you get older. Um, but the, the, likelihood that you will have a disease is higher, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's interesting though, in one study I read, if people had to pick, so actually I'll tell you the results, but you two can answer it first. Okay. If you had to pick between a shorter life in good health and a longer life with impaired health, which would you choose? Shorter mm-hmm. and healthy or longer and sick? I feel like it depends on how sick. This one's easy for me to answer because okay. I'm, I am sick. Mm-hmm. I'm not dying, but I have a lot of illnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would definitely have shorter without uh-huh. illnesses. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I feel like as long as you could still live a decent life, I would what? do long and sick. But it's like if it was something that like would affect your life and it would be an awful life than probably short and healthy. I don't know. Let's say, let's say it's something that does, it, it does affect you. So it's impaired enough that it could either affect mm. your mobility. It could affect your memory. Say it's something that is, it does dramatically change your life. Dramatically. Yeah. Then I guess short and healthy. Yeah. I would do short and healthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. So that is the majority. The mm-hmm. most people will opt for uh short and healthy versus long and impaired health. Yeah. Um, Another reason why people are afraid of getting older is they're afraid of being lonely. Yeah, makes sense. So uh, here's another question for you. Would you rather have a shorter life if it means that you die still having close relationships to the people that you're close with Mm. or you kind of outlive everyone? It's a a long life, but those that have played a central role to you have since gone. Yeah, no, I think definitely the first one. 100% Mm -hmm. the first. And so I think that that's a stark contrast to our characters because Mm -hmm. at this point, they've lived on for a couple hundred years Mm -hmm. because everyone in their life is now gone, but they they choose that over being able to stay with the people that they love and just live a typical life. Yeah, but they have each other. They do have each other. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're not totally alone. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so actually most most people, um, if they, in one of these studies, uh, most people don't, they don't want to live forever. It's not like they want this life where they just live and never die. Mm-hmm. Um, they they want kind of this optimum life of a long life and a healthy life, but they don't want to just like live forever. Most people actually don't say that they want that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit different than our characters, though. Yeah. Right. Uh, (laughs) And then another reason people fear getting older is because then, you know, after you're old, you then die. You die. (laughs) A fear of death, which we've talked a little bit about. We did, Um, yeah. Yeah. But again, most people kind of want that realistic time, uh, like, uh, time span within their life rather than living forever. I get that. And then another fear is that people do fear, which I think this movie gets at, being dependent on someone. So mm-hmm. losing your independence, losing your ability to kind of 
uh, take care of yourself and, um, you know, choose what you do and bathe yourself and, you know, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, People fear that. And that's another reason why people fear aging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference, though, between fearing kind of the like illness and side effects of aging versus fearing death. So, um, you know, some people, if they fear, you know, the side effects of, of aging, like illness, but then they don't fear death, they're definitely going to choose, you know, oh, I want a short, healthy life. Cause Mm -hmm. I'm afraid of death. I'm afraid of being sick when I'm old or dependent when I'm old. So it's two very different kind of things that you might be afraid of, mm-hmm. or you might have both, which then you're going to yeah. be a lot more afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of gets into this other topic of subjective age or age identity. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with this by saying how, like, what age do you feel? Oh, <laughs> so Wait, before we, before we answer that. <laughs> We should, I want to know how old our viewers or our listeners, if you're listening right now, before we answer, guess how old each of us are. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, now it's kind of fun. But I want I guess to I, think about that first. <laughs> I guess I should ask as well, do we, are we, are we all comfortable revealing our ages? I think I talked about it last episode, so I don't I care. feel like I've mentioned my yeah. age before. Yeah, probably. So before we confirm how old we are, how old do you feel? And so, and then is it older, younger, or your age? So I'll go first. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I am 35. Like if I had to say what I feel like I am, I don't feel like I'm, you know, much younger than I am. I don't feel yeah. like I'm older than I am. I mm-hmm. feel like I am 35, yeah. which is Four years, almost four, three years. <laughs> it's three, three to almost four years off from how I old I actually am because I'm 38, almost 39. Mm-hmm. See, I was thinking like, I, and I think I, I've talked about this before where it's like, I, I want to, I'm going to say 25. And I'm going to say that because I, I swear, I feel like COVID stopped time. Mm-hmm. And so I refuse to believe that I am past that, you know, like I, I it kind of stopped that moment in time. So I feel like I, I feel like I am two years younger almost. Okay. You know, where it's like, it doesn't even seem like that drastic of a difference, but for some reason, so I'm 27 for some reason, 27 to 25 seems like a big gap. I get that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I feel 78 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I do also feel honestly, on a good day. 25 on a bad day, 85. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would say that I feel 35 years old, okay. which is mm-hmm. like a few months. I'm about to be 35 years old. So, okay. all right. I actually think I feel you feel right. I always used to feel younger, but then, like, once I hit mid 30s, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, no, actually, this tracks. Like, I used yeah. to. When I was 29, I felt like I was 21. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But like when I hit my 30s, it was like, nah, this is this is pretty accurate. Yeah. Okay. 
I feel okay. like part of it just depends on where you are in life. Cause I, mm-hmm. you know, like after we bought our house, you know, like my sister and her friend moved in with us, you know, we, it was all four of us in the house and then they both left. And so it was just Matt and I, and I was like, why do I feel like I'm 45 mm-hmm. with an empty nest? Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was having empty nest syndrome totally. <laughs> trying to do home totally. repairs. So yeah. I feel like part of it's just like, what's going on in here? No, life, I 100% you know? agree. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That yeah. So, so typically people who have um, a younger perceived age, so kind of view themselves as a bit more younger, they do tend to um, um, feel more satisfied with their life mm-hmm. versus, you know, if you feel like you're much older than you are, um, that's you don't feel as satisfied, as healthy, as happy versus if you feel like you're younger. Um, but on on the other hand, if you have a desire to be younger than your chronicle age, chronological age, chronicle, chronicle. chronological, <laughs> your chronic age. <laughs> um, so if you, if you constantly have this desire to be younger than you are, that yeah. is associated with lower life satisfaction, which is definitely the case for Justify and Cecile, mm-hmm. um, because you, you know, a lot of times you'll have, you're just constantly searching for something that you can't have. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it can be associated with, um, you know, less physical activity, less life satisfaction, um, just overall poor health if you're just constantly wanting not not if you feel younger than you are that's different but, but you if want to are like that you're younger what's the word you're just that's always chasing that youth yeah yeah you know? mm-hmm. um so but if like i said if you just have this lower subjective age it's associated with better mental and physical health better cognitive functions and overall satisfaction with life. If you Interesting. Just you're a little yeah. bit younger. Huh. Not even necessarily younger than you are, but I think if you're just feeling like kind of a younger age. Yeah. Young soul. Yeah. Young soul. <laughs> I'm an old soul for sure. Yeah. There's like that. I feel like it was a trend a little bit ago on like TikTok where it's like, oh, I'm just a, uh, you know, I'm just a teenage 25 year old. Right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. Oh. Meanwhile, I am an I am a grandma. <laughs> yeah, you no, crochet I, and go to bed at 8 p.m. So I mean, you know, can there's you nothing do? wrong with that. No, nope. there's nothing wrong with that. So your subjective age, speaking of my lifestyle, it's determined by various parameters, <laughs> such as health, your overall health, mm-hmm. personal experiences that you've had, um, social relationships. Mm-hmm. and your cultural values so kind of like you guys were just saying it depends on you your subjective age is going to change based off of what you're going through mm-hmm. okay so then my next question is if you could choose your age what would you choose and the reason i'm asking this question is because it was in one of the studies where they were studying people's subjective ages and one of the ways mm-hmm. they were able to kind of determine people's satisfaction with their age and the aging process is mm-hmm. if you could choose your age what would you choose so like when you say choose your age do you mean choose your age to be like right now or like yeah. to be if you choose that age forever <laughs> i don't know if it's necessarily saying like forever but just like hey if right now you could be any age <sighs> you could be any possible. age. my what question is if it's younger do you get to go back to that younger self oh that younger body 
younger experiences, like not just their age, but like I am going back to who I was at that Mm -hmm. age. I'm going to say yes, because I feel like we're not getting into time travel. (laughs) Yeah, right. So it's like if you're saying younger, then I'm just saying, yeah, that would be you then. I think if I could choose any age. I okay. I just I feel like it's going to be a good year mm-hmm. for me for some reason. Twenty nine. Okay. I just like I I am like nearing thirty, and I just like I feel good about that year. Okay. You know, okay. so I, it's I'm not there yet, but I'm counting on future me yeah. to have a really good year at twenty nine. Awesome. I'm that's that's really cool that that's a year in the future that you're choosing. Yes, I like that. that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I'm just, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, when I was happiest and feeling healthiest and most successful, I feel like I had a really good year when I was 34. I don't think that it's my only good year. I think that there are Mm -hmm. future years. So maybe I could say I could pick 44 or something. Oh yeah. But for some, but for some reason, something about just the, the alignment of the stars when I was 34, I was feeling healthy. My relationships were good. I was professionally successful. So 34 was kind of like so far my perfect. So far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would go back to 32. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think 32 was like, I was old enough that I had a lot of things in place. Mm-hmm. So I owned my home, school, I graduated, like all of that jazz was happening, but it was before, you know, my life fell apart. So rough, I would say, experience. I would say 32. Okay. Love it. <laughs> Although I might need to change my answer and say, I think maybe I'm looking forward most to when we are all in our 50s and 60s and we buy our commune yes. and we live yes. like as neighbors. That is going to be a very good time for it all. Is. It I is. Think that's going to be really good. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just a little bit more about. Wait. So what did people say? When? What was the best? What's the. Yeah. What's oh, the, well, what are the survey results say? <laughs> then, then that was just kind of talking about where, um, you know, people that had a big gap between what their oh. actual age was versus mm-hmm. their desired or perceived. Okay. Age. Mm-hmm. If you had oh. a, if you had a larger gap between what you wanted to be mm-hmm. and what you were, mm-hmm. that was just associated with lower satisfaction, higher rates of, you know, depression. Oh yeah. Okay. I think Bad. we were all pretty close to oh, our, close. our yeah. yeah, yeah, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. So I feel like part of the problem, it's really cultural. And I know this is more psych segment, not, you know, sociology, mm-hmm. but um, culture plays such a huge part in how we view aging. Oh, yeah. Um, and is a big that. part of this movie, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. the culture of America mm-hmm. and how, you know, people are afraid of getting older. I mean... Mm-hmm. Think about every, think about the last 10 commercials or advertisements you've seen. I bet half of them have to do with making yourself appear or feel or look younger. Mm -hmm. Appear or look as though those are different things. (laughs) 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 So 
Um, yeah, I feel like Americans are just really afraid of aging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found some interesting um, differences to other cultures in aging. So I figured I'd just go over those. If yeah. So compared to Americans, Koreans actually, um, you know, and and again, this is an overall statistic. This is not saying everyone feels the same. For sure. Um, But overall, Koreans portrayed a higher level of anxiety about Mm -hmm. aging, Mm -hmm. higher fears of the elderly, more psychological concerns, and um, more concerns over physical appearances. Mm-hmm. Here I am thinking Americans are just the worst and we hate old people and like we hate aging right. and it's all commercialized, mm-hmm. but actually we're not the only ones, Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but we're not. Then look at us. <laughs> um, so it's also interesting. So in, for Koreans, it's the younger adults that feared elderly more, whereas Americans, it's the older adults that feared the elderly more. Interesting. So, like, as Americans, as we get closer to being elderly, we get more afraid. Whereas in you know the Koreans, as they're further away from it, they're more afraid. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Isn't that interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I want like and just at some cultural point, differences. Yeah. 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 I'd like want, analyze that. Right? I know. At one point, I want like a deep dive, but mm-hmm. <laughs> not just between cultures, but also um, men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, in some studies, it kind of seemed like people feared aging roughly the same amount, except when it comes to physical appearance. American women showed more anxiety about aging when it related to mm. physical appearance than their male counterpart. Yeah. Counterparts. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Shocking. Right. It was a shocking Any discovery. Shocked. I say with my beauty filter on the Zoom. <laughs> um, so... Um, one other culture that I looked at, just a real quick piece about that, is um, Germans actually have a slightly higher subjective age than Americans. Hmm. So even though Americans kind of view themselves as younger than they are, or just overall, their subjective age is, you know, mm-hmm. make up a number 35, Germans is older. So oh. it kind of suggests that possibly an older age is not as scary. Interesting. Mm-hmm. In that culture. So yeah. it's just kind of interesting how like culture plays a difference in it. Oh yeah. I, I can totally see that though. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I found some tips if you are fearing age. <laughs> Love it. Um, so just uh, ways to cope with getting older because it's something that everyone has to go through mm-hmm. unless you are Cecile and Justify. Mm-hmm. Um, so things that help, which everyone, you know, I'm sure knows, and it's hard to accept, but physical exercise is huge. So mm-hmm. even if you're not like the most physically active, even if you can just do walks or do something every day, every week to keep yourself physically, um, you know, as healthy as you can be or somewhat healthy is key. Yeah. Um, along with eating healthy. Gross. Never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another good thing when you, you know, you are aging is to continue to be social. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding a social outlet, um, and that can be a thing, you know, as people do get older, it's harder to be social. It's harder to make yeah. friends when you're older, especially mm-hmm. when you're elderly. Right. Um, so be, continuing to be social is really good. Um, one thing that's really cool 
there's so many studies out now, but one of the biggest things that kept coming up was being grateful. Mm, that is such a huge thing to um, kind of cope with and combat the fears of getting old, but also yeah. just in general, if you can find a way to genuinely be grateful for something every day mm-hmm. or as often as you can, that can really help. Hmm. Yeah. Um, just staying connected to your community, learning some coping skills. That's what I do every day is I teach kids coping skills. Mm-hmm. But even as you're older, you need that. You were going to say you cope. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do every day. Cope. I just cope, cope every day. You just cope. I try. I mean, it's true, actually. Every day we are coping, whether we're I am. or not. Um, so yeah, there's, um, there's some more about aging, but I feel like that's probably enough. This was a good, this was a good little little dive. It's kind of a a divergence from it, but I just felt like that was the theme of this movie. It really was. Mm -hmm. And that's a big fear that people have. So it comes up in horror movies, Mm -hmm. just getting older. And really there's, there's lots of things you can do. Yeah. Feel young and to not be afraid of aging because it's part of life. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I think that's so fascinating because really like this movie does play on your fear of mm-hmm. age. Like, mm-hmm. so I love that. Yeah. 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 So there's just like, nice. Okay. So um, for fun facts, there was actually not a ton of fun facts in mm-hmm. about this movie and we must've picked a good time or a bad time. As many of you know, I like to go rent the DVD. Yes of all the movies because bonus features. Mm -hmm. But I went to my favorite DVD rental place and it had been, it was out in the front as like a staff pick. So like one of the staff members was was like, you need to watch this movie. And so every copy of it was rented. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do any of the DVD ones, the Blu-ray, it was all rented out. How rude. So no bonus features for me. Does does the staff at your movie rental place listen to Spooky Sips and did they hear us announce on our last episode that we would be watching skeleton key that's they it have, they that's were like what it this is. is it cue this one up yep <laughs> must have been it that's it <laughs> so i don't have a ton of fun facts instead i decided to do a little bit of a dive on mirrors Ooh. because you know in the movie the one of the big you know creepy things that's happening is just no mirrors mm-hmm. and i feel like it seemed strange, but it was one of those things where I was like immediately accepted that something spooky was happening because mirrors are spooky. Agreed. So I just wanted to look at, I, I just looked up like mirror mythology Ooh. and figured I'd get into it. Why I not? Love I love this. So the most, one of the most common myths with mirrors is that breaking one leads to seven years of bad luck. Mm-hmm. And that comes from, I guess, in ancient Rome. They thought that a soul regenerates every seven years. And so when you saw a mirror, your soul would go into it. When you broke it, that meant that a part of your soul was broken with it. Mm -hmm. So it was seven years until your soul could regenerate and kind of heal what had happened. Okay. So that's where that comes from. Interesting. Uh, Another very common one, Bloody Mary. I think yeah. we've all heard of that. Go to a mirror, ideally dark with a candle, and say Bloody Mary three times. Mm-hmm. 
And then I don't, I feel like there's actually a, a few different things of what, what will happen with Bloody Mary, right? I, One is like, she'll get you. Mm-hmm. Another is she'll answer a question, mm-hmm. right? You can ask her any question. Right. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a couple different things that, that will happen with Bloody Mary. Yeah. I have tried it and have never succeeded. Damn. Mm-hmm. But I still believe. But keep trying, you know? You just, you never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, another, I don't know if it's kind of it, kind of a myth with, with mirrors, relates to vampires. Again, there's, there's this kind of repeated mm-hmm. thing of souls and mirrors. Because mm-hmm. vampires don't have a soul, they don't have a reflection. So that's why they can't see themselves in the mirror. Yes. And in some cultures, they'll have mirrors at the entryway as a way to dissuade or know if a vampire or a soulless creature Mm -hmm. is entering your home. Okay. Which I find kind of interesting because (laughs) Beetlejuice, one of the things that they discover, one of the ways they discover they're dead is because they can't see themselves, but Mm -hmm. they are in fact, nothing but a soul, right? Isn't that what a ghost is? Right? Mm-hmm. A soul without a body? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I feel like they would, because I. another kind of common thing is that mirrors are kind of like portals and you can see almost like more truth mm-hmm. than real life. Mm-hmm. So if anything, they should have had a reflection because yeah. they, the truth was that their souls were there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think it's very important to note that I'm assuming our listeners are around our age. And if so, if they're a scary movie fan, they know of the very first time we were ever exposed to the mirror myth. And that would be in Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's film, Double Double Toil and Trouble. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yes. The mirrors were a big deal. Oh my gosh. That is by far my favorite horror movie. And that's what I said. Add it to the queue. We're going to next year for Halloween. We know what we're doing. That'd be kind of fun. And (laughs) listeners, even if you aren't our age, if you feel our age, if your subjective age is in your absolutely mid 20s to mid 30s. Mm-hmm. I think okay. this is a very important movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and everyone should. Oh watch my gosh, it. yes. <laughs> okay, so another kind of myth or belief is that in some cultures they believe that souls can get trapped in mirrors, and so especially during mourning after someone has passed, you have to cover up mirrors with oh, something, preferably that. a black cloth, mm-hmm. because I guess mirrors look differently to souls they Mm -hmm. look like just some sort of vortex and so they can get under the false impression that that's how they enter the afterlife because their soul is still like exiting and trying to get to the afterlife Mm -hmm. but if they go into a mirror their soul will be trapped there instead Mm, interesting just like in just like in mary kate and ashley's movie exactly (laughs) um okay another legend is that the devil is the one who invented mirrors in order to do basically what i said before which is trap spirits Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. love this one love the idea that the devil invented i completely believe that (laughs) okay and that's that's all of the 
the mirror myths that I had. I just like, there's mm-hmm. kind of a shocking amount, right? Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting, actually. Yeah, it is. Well, and I love that you did it because I know we just talked about They Don't Stay Dead podcast that we plugged, but that is my favorite podcast episode of theirs that I have listened to is they talk about mirrors and yes. some of mirrors. Mm-hmm. So how fitting that... The tie-in. That it's you're perfect. Talking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then for this time in history, I found a new thing. Okay. Well, so, you know, I, I, I try to just look up things that happened that year. Yeah. But I found a new thing. Merriam-Webster has a section where you can go and it'll tell you the first used or the time that a word was first used in print. Ooh, okay. Cool. So I went to 2005. Yes. And was like, what are the new words that came out in 2005? So I'm going to share those with you guys. Oh, I love this. I was going to try to see if I could guess one. But oh, do you want to take a guess? I didn't write all of them. So if you want to take have a guess. No idea. I don't know. I don't know if I could guess. Um. Well, okay, wait. Like, let's see. Um, do you remember that one song that was like "Get Slizzard"? Oh that? yeah, or was that was that a- Fly that like after, a G six? Was that after? <laughs> oh my gosh, that was around Sweet. that time. <laughs> okay, we're moving up. The All right, words. anyways, <laughs> um, butt dial. Oh, okay. oh, 2005. Debbie Downer. Oh, really? Yeah, which right seems. I thought I actually, it would be way older. I agree. I thought it was older. It's more one of those, I think, like like oral traditions. Like yes. you just talk about Debbie Downer. Yes. You don't write right. about her. <laughs> the first print <laughs> in yeah. 2005. Glamping. Ah. Uh, nice. I, which I could totally see. Mm-hmm. Rage quit. Oh, love that. Love it. And upvote. Um, really? So as a side fun fact, YouTube was created. In 2005. Mm. Wait, really? YouTube is... Yeah, 2005 is a long time ago. Yeah. Why do I feel like 2005 was five years ago? (laughs) 2005 is almost 20 years ago. It is almost 2024. Right now. (laughs) Because when you say 20 years ago, I think of the 80s. No. Yeah. 80s was 40 years ago. Stop. You know. You are showing your subjective age right now. You are. <laughs> or your chronic age, I should say. <laughs> oh my gosh. I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those are the words I picked out. I I think I'm gonna start pulling this for my this time in history. Um, I love this segment. So yes. I loved learning the words. Yes. Okay, and then I also looked up popular movies because I feel like I I've never heard of this movie until you guys showed it to me. Mm-hmm. So I I feel yeah. like maybe it just didn't get super popular. It it did fine. It did mm-hmm. like make money. It, and it has fine reviews, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it became kind of a big hit. So let's see what it was competing yeah. with. In I like 2005. That. We had Harry Potter and oh, the Goblet of Fire. Obviously. Yes. We had Star Wars episode 3, Revenge oh. of the Sith. I'm not a Star Wars person, so I don't know what that means. I like the um, OG one, like the, the ones from the 70s. Yeah. I um, Matthew loved Anakin, so. Oh, I that's true. I know. <laughs> um, the Chronicles of Narnia, oh. Line the Witch in the Wardrobe, Madagascar. Yes, I love Mr. That. and Mrs. Smith. I never. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. 
Batman Begins, Hitch, and Brokeback Mountain were all released. I still haven't seen Brokeback Mountain. I really need to. (laughs) Oh my gosh, there's some movies on there you haven't seen that you need to see. I know. I just feel like that. That's a big year for movies. That is a big year. Those are like big blockbuster, big movies. movies Yeah. So maybe that was part of the reason why this movie. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Is I, I think it's a bit underrated, you know. Yeah, I, agree. It, I don't think it's as popular as it should gen. be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I will throw in one last piece of tea to end out my section. Um, because I couldn't find a lot of fun facts for this movie. But one thing I did find was the director was doing an interview. And one thing that has come up, which I guess we didn't talk about, which is fine, um, is there is a little bit of overlap between this movie and get out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people are like, you know, it's kind of interesting that Get Out was really successful and this movie wasn't, mm-hmm. given kind of how similar they are. And so the director in an interview said that apparently someone at Bloomhouse called him before the movie was released to give him a heads up about the similarities of the movie. Oh, interesting. So, and that's Uh-oh. it. That's the last he ever heard of it. Oh, oh, like someone copied their homework? I mean, you know, it's like all movies take inspiration <laughs> from course. other movies. There is no original work. But some maybe more than others. But, mm-hmm. you know, to get a warning, mm-hmm. I think he should be a little flattered. Interesting. I would be flattered and yeah. mad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I loved Get Out, so I'm not trying to throw shade. Right. Get Out. It was a very good movie. I know. But. I just thought that was interesting. interesting. I have to share the tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Good tea. Very good tea. So here on Spooky Sips, we don't give stars. We give sips. So ladies, for this one, how many sips do you give the movie? I think for me, this is a solid three. As, as I would say if you haven't watched it for some reason, do go watch it. This is a, I recommend watching it. There's a lot of things that I really like about it. I think I just have some some criticisms of it as well. So it's it's like a solid three for me. Yeah. Fair. Mm-hmm. I am exactly in alignment with you. Um, three is good. Like uh, three is very good. Very respectable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this movie is great. It's a, like you said, like it's a, you should see it. For some reason, there's some sort of a spark missing from it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, kind of like you said, I feel like they. I wish they would have done a little bit more with the hoodoo stuff. I felt like a little bit in the middle. I started to wander a bit. Same. I just mm-hmm. so I felt like it, it's so good, and I love so much of it, and I'll watch it again. But there's just a little bit of something missing to bump mm-hmm. it higher than a three for me. Yeah. Hmm. No, I completely agree. I think for me, I'm going to give it a three point five, and no. that's just because I think. The nostalgia for me, like it mm-hmm. came out at a time in my life where I just loved the movie so much. So I think, yeah, yeah I've got a little nostalgia in there. So for me, it's going to be a 3.5. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it is another holiday just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have been following us for a while, you know that we love a good Thanksgiving horror. Yeah, if you haven't... <laughs> If you have not listened to and then watched the movie from our last episode about Thanksgiving from last year, 
please go and do that. You yes. want you want to see that movie, okay? <laughs> so okay. this year it is actually now like a thing. Like mm-hmm. Hollywood is like, wait, this is an untouched market. People we, are into this. People are into this. Thanksgiving which is horror, funny. baby. We would like credit. Um, so yes. you guys can call us mm-hmm. to give us the credit. But the movie is just titled Thanksgiving. And it's marked as a horror slasher. It is coming out, I believe, on like November 17th. Mm-hmm. So we will be going to see it in theaters. Yeah, we will. And doing an episode for you all. So get to the theater, go and watch Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time on Spooky Sips. Bye! Bye! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Spooky Sips. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. To stay up to date on all the spooky things we're up to, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at SpookySips underscore podcast. And if you want to help support the podcast, consider buying us a coffee, or really, a cocktail. We are completely independent, so every little bit goes a long way to keeping our podcast running and improving. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks.